1: we must take America
0: back, Main Street to Wall Street, cities and states, Washington, D.C. Before it's too late, there's not long. We uh, welcome back,
1: folks, to the Rebel and the renegade, and renegade Roundtable here on the 25th day. Gosh, only 10 more shopping months till Christmas Oh, well, anyway, the 25th day of uh, February in the year of 2025, 2024. Oh, it's not 2025 yet. Wake up, boy. Uh, so anyway, uh, I thought second hour, that was a wonderful tribute to John, and he was certainly deserving of that and much more. But, uh, you know, uh, the second hour, I was kind of one to do, what do you have to believe to believe the Constitution and the government under that constitution actually works. And so I've got a couple of questions. I'm going to throw at my panel we've got left here. Uh, Scorpio, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but he dropped out. And you know, and then Blackbird Nine had uh, other things to do there on Blackbird uh, Mountain. And I thank him so very, very much, folks, uh, that he tuned that he came in today to uh, help us to celebrate the work of John Kaminsky. Uh, a very valuable work. And so I thank him for that. And so I'm going to throw a question out to you guys and we'll start with the, uh let me see, we'll start with the uh, lady of the group and I'm going to ask you a question and get your response. So, Mer, if I gave you something and then killed you for having it, would you ever trust, or should anyone that you know ever trust me?
2: Oh, uh, well, I guess i would be up to him, but it would, or them, but it uh, would be beyond me to trust you again if you killed me, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and a lot of people don't see this, you know, and we're, we're constantly badgered with this, even though it, it's the Marxist lie about the so-called Civil War, a huge lie. You know, it was all about slavery. Well, folks, slavery was constitutional, so what you're saying is it was all about the Constitution. Now, the... Uh, people, the land speculators and the bankers and the people who put together this constitution in 1787 did so to protect their financial interest. So they put slavery into the constitution. Even though people like Luther Martin and others campaigned against it so very strongly, it was unreal. But you know, we're not taught that, and most people have never even heard of Luther Martin, so I guess we're safe there. But, uh, then you know then the slavery was constitutional but if we listen to the marxist professors and the marxist school teachers in america the north went to war with the south because they had slavery that is the most preposterous thing i've ever heard but look it was constitutional in 1857 in dred scott v sanford The U.S. Supreme Court had codified that into law. So people are so dumb. And I mean, they are institutionalized ignorant when they believe the words of the uh, so-called professors and others that this war was over slavery. Well, let me jump out here to my buddy Stephen Douglas Whitener and get his thoughts on that question. If I gave you something and killed you for having it, Stephen, could you ever trust me? Well,
3: not if I was dead, but, I mean, that kind of begs the question there, but, you know, I understand what you're saying, too, if uh, I give you something, but if uh, I say I have to kill you any time you're going to give it to somebody else, too, that's another way of saying um, almost the same thing, and, and amounts to the same thing. It's uh, you know these secrets are well preserved, you might say, until someone has nothing left to lose. Perhaps that seems to be the way a lot of these things have slipped out over the years. Uh, what was the guy's? E. E. Howard Hunt comes to mind first and foremost, most recently, and then a uh, widow after him. Uh, I heard that most recently along the lines of Kennedy, and who knows what is just about to bust loose. I do. Uh, let me ask. Let me toss it back to you with this question, Mike. Please. Do you Do you sense the same quickening that I do? And I mean, not only it, it doubled between uh, Halloween and Thanksgiving, it doubled again between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and it has quadrupled since then that's my sense of uh things the way that they are progressing and, and the rate that things are changing
1: oh well or am I, I off no you're not off at all and i think it we're, we're going to see and here's the thing i begin to see as i talk with uh you know quite a few people during the week whether on radio programs or whether in Facebook or whether just friends that I have in various ways, we talk about so many things. And this thing is really speeding up, Stephen. You're exactly right because the, they know, and this is put as a contingency into every PSYOP, they know that there's a certain level of people, and when a certain level of people begin to wake up, they have to do something, and they know it. And so what are they going to do? Is it going to be a border fiasco in Texas where allegedly a bunch of U.S. citizens get killed with a drone from Iran or some crap like that so they can blame it on somebody else to instigate, in essence, a war in the country? Or is it going to be a racial war? Are they going to keep pushing this? We know they're pushing for gun control. That is the number one indicator that we should know about this. Well, all right, uh, uh, Loki, your comments, sir.
0: Yeah, I agree. I would take both of those as options because they've got, like you said, so all sorts of contingency plans. Uh, so it's just false flag upon false flag upon false flag and then blame it on white people as a scapegoat. And then, you know, the people who worship their chosen masters will just say, oh, yeah, we're bad, we, we better, uh, you know, learn to uh, take the blows, turn the other cheek, judge thee not, and then we'll just, we'll just learn to love and have a candlelight vigil or something like that. So they'll just keep working the same psyops over and over again until they basically increase the, uh, the chaos to the point where they can declare martial law or something uh, along those lines and then claim, blame it on liberals as a scapegoat. Because oh, their, their, their end goal is basically Zion theocracy. It's yes. not liberalism. They don't want rainbow flags and all this stuff. That's just smoke and mirrors to degenerate the society of their enemies.
1: Well, you know, Loki, uh, that is uh, spot on. And how many people know who the founders of the NAACP were? They weren't right. black. <laughs> they weren't black. And uh, the uh, these Jewish lawyers uh, controlled the I... NAACP. And they still control the NAACP. But these Jewish lawyers started it. They began it for a reason. And, folks, if you want to read the actual truth of how this all works and how that they plan to use the black churches in America to separate the black and white race, you have to read Manning Johnson's book, Color, Communism, and Common Sense. Here was a man who was educated in Russia by these people. And he figured out what was going on. He figured out that they were going to use him and others. And he wrote that book, Color, Communism, and Common Sense. Folks, if you can find it, read it. If you can't find it, contact me. I'll get you a PDF. But you need to read that book because that is exactly what was planned. And when you look at who planned it, Stephen, your thoughts?
3: Yeah, it's always the same Fomenting the revolution, you know, I I was thinking along the lines, I'm sorry, I was lost in thought as to what's going to come next with Poland and, and and the western part of Ukraine. I, I got distracted by that because that just seems like another one of the things. It seems to me, I'll put it this way, that there are a lot of different hotspots around the world, that, and including our border and our inner cities especially our blue cities where they've been bussing these people in that they're all almost tricked i don't know uh there's a countdown to an event that they're all going to participate in it it, it is telegraphed and oh i know it could all be a psyop i realize that sir it could be but it's so well planned and coordinated it looks so much like other ones have right before they happen where this uh, butler county sheriff came back and told uh that all of the federal law enforcement had told them you're just about to be on your own and there's going to be grid down and roving gangs like in france you know uh you- just like it was with the Floyd riots, only worse this time with people that don't speak English and are provided by with weapons by NGOs, and we ain't coming to help you. And there's drone technology, by the way, but none of y'all can have it. I mean, he said all of that, and the FBI and Majorca told all of the association of sheriffs and uh, police officer associations this and. Biden refused to meet with them, and then they welded the gate shut. Mike, I'm sorry, I don't mean to harp on this, gentlemen. Oh, go. It just go. it just hits me. It just hits me upside the head, y'all. That, they look, welded
1: they I'm welded do the gate about open
3: it this week. There you go. Thank you.
1: Yep, and i talk uh,
3: it back to you, sir.
1: All right, buddy. Uh, here's a question, and you know this is something I that just. Absolutely overwhelms me. And you bring this up to people, and they give you that deer in the headlights look, or they just go, duh, and then they start accusing you of being a Democrat or something. Uh, but here is a thought under our Constitution, our government is allowed to adjudicate its own crimes. How can you ever trust someone who? is their final arbiter of whether what they do is right or wrong. How do we deal with that? Murr, go ahead. Ladies first.
2: Uh, well, we got to take them all out of their little purchase is what we've got to do. And you got to do, to do any of that, you've got to uh, take away the money, the currency, you know. I mean, because they'll just keep doing it. They've done it from the beginning. You know, those, okay, you states, you go ahead and do what you want to do, and then they send in the feds to turn it over.
1: So, Well, I pointed out today to a Confederate, strong Confederate, that uh, George Washington violated the Constitution on at least three occasions. He got all kind of upset at me. He's the father of our country. I said, yeah, okay, well, how much do you really know about him? And, uh, you know, and he knew nothing. He knew what he had been taught in the public fool system, but he knew nothing else. And he didn't know, you know, about uh, Washington's uh, Masonic connections. And he didn't know about his connections with Haim Solomon, the wonderful Jew. And he didn't know that Alexander Hamilton was a Jew. And he didn't know that uh, uh, Hamilton was, you know, George Washington was a Pino. He was a president name only. If you've ever done any research whatsoever and gone into the studies, into the National Archives and Library of Congress and read letters between these founders during that time period, it's be it's I, absolutely obvious that Alexander Hamilton was running the government, not Washington and Washington Jefferson.
2: Would, yeah, Washington would send his letters from Jefferson to Hamilton, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, but telling him that uh, it wasn't Jefferson who brought this up, it was George Mason. Yeah. How wonderful. He was
2: syphilitic, too, you know, Washington. Pardon me? He was syphilitic. His mother sent him and his brother when they were teens because he had fathered what turned out to be Thomas Posey, apparently, to Barbados. And he came back, uh, you know, impotent because he had syphilis.
1: Okay, well, that's true. Loki,
0: you got a comment on that subject, sir? Yeah. Uh, I guess you all know that the Founding Fathers were Freemasons, Freemasonic deists. That's pretty common knowledge, I would assume,
1: amongst most people. (laughs) It's not common, but it's true. It's not common, Loki. Let me promise you it's not common.
2: It's common amongst this group. You're
0: right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's that's what I meant.
0: Um, It's just I remember... uh, commenting on you know hamilton being jewish i remember that harvey schlanger guy who was always on rents radio babbling about oh, yes. a mm-hmm. hamiltonian banking system yes uh, based on the gold system the gold standard because that's they have all the gold so obviously that's just another shell game of theirs you know fractional reserve banking where they hoard all the wealth or pretend that they that they have it in store you know they're keeping good eye on it
1: Oh, very much so, and uh, here's another one. I got to run this one by you guys, and I got to get your comments, and we'll start again with Murr. Murr, stop and think about this. We have, you know, throughout my lifetime, my adulthood, we have fought multiple wars abroad because, according to the government, we have fought these wars abroad so we don't have to fight them over here. Mm-hmm. But then but then we pay millions of dollars and leave our borders unprotected so they can all come over here. Now, how long is it going to take the American public to figure this out?
2: Uh, they never will. They don't get it. And we can get biblical with this. They have all these uh, abortions. And uh, so if you go by the Old Testament version there, which they claim to do often enough, is uh, they were taken into captivity because they turned away from God. And so they're turned away from God here, and the captivity is being brought to us instead of being taken into it.
1: Oh, big time. Stephen, your comments on that? Stephen, mute button. Oh, well, anyway, he's. uh, Hey, hey, three, two,
3: three, two, one. Oh, (laughs) my gosh. Oh, I apologize, sir. Yes, this boomer mute. I Thank you very much for including me. Uh, I wanted to say also that I, I, I just want to mention again to anyone uh, uh, that's a listener that, that prays to pray for Paul and, and Lynn Lawrence, the uh, owners of the Dixon Republic, having been through the just in the past 10 years of the death of my parents. I know how difficult that is. And I know that to me, uh, you guys that I have met there, and formed friendships with are very much like family. And even before that, RBN was like a family to me. And I, and I just wanted to say that again, it, it, it well, like Stephen. Me. And and I just wanted to reiterate that, sir. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get off topic, but that's, that's just all what's right on my mind.
1: <laughs> well, let's not uh, forget for a second that uh, uh, the Dixie Republic is part of the RBN family as well. Yes, sir. And so uh, then uh, I've got uh, another one I want to run by you, and again, we'll start with Murr. Murr, the South may have owned slaves, but they didn't murder half a million of them in contraband camps.
2: Right.
1: What are your thoughts?
2: Well, the Union sure did, you know, just round them up and dump them in a pit, right?
1: Yeah, and nobody talks about that. It's not discussed that the fact that the Union Army... There was a, There is a documented case of where these blacks who thought, you know, if we get with the Union Army, we'll be free forever, and they were actually following them, and they became such a burden on this part of the Union Army. They became such a burden because as the commander said when he justified what he did, as the commander said, and this is in the National Archive, folks, not making this up, he said, well... You know, we didn't. We just couldn't take care of them anymore. We didn't have the food. We didn't have clothing. We didn't have shelter. We didn't have. We could just barely keep ourselves going. And so what they did was they planned ahead of time, and they put charges under a bridge. And when the Union Army had uh, gotten across that bridge, they blew it. And some yeah. of the black some of the blacks were on the bridge when they blew it, but they didn't care.
2: Yeah.
1: And we, we, we aren't, business behind them, huh yeah and we aren't taught this and this this it's a crime of the truth by omission which is just the same as lying it's because a word. you're told it you're withholding the truth yes it's exactly
2: kind of lying omission, lying by omission.
1: yeah yeah uh, all right uh, Loki your thoughts on the subject please sir
0: well just in terms of the guilt complex that they like to run on the evil white man you know using exploiting their their uh, their other regard and their, their empathy towards other people that they always create these psyops to try to demonize their enemies and portray them as if they were like the worst things in the whole world. But slavery has been going on for the whole of history and we're all slaves now to money. We have to pay money to be alive. And if we don't, then we're thrown into the streets to die. Uh, I don't think I could imagine anything more uh, insidious as a sort of slave mechanism then the subsistence wage, which was created by Thomas Malthus in England, who is Jewish, right. and they had uh, you know they had children working in sweatshops, eight, however many hours a day, 14 hours a day or something in England, uh, and then in America too, Leo Frank. That's a good example. Of the Leo Frank case of uh, you know the Jewish uh, pencil factory owner who ritually murdered and raped a young white girl who was more or less as de facto slave in, in there, which led to the ADL being formed. Uh, but in terms of the black slave trade, obviously most people in this movement know that it was actually Jewish slave owners from Spain and Portugal who were the slave ship owners. Most of them were registered to them, uh, the secret relationship between blacks and Jews by the Nation of Islam, the uh, Louis Farrakhan's organization uh, publishes the two volumes of that, which
1: more or less... Actually, it's
0: four. Four four volumes, right? Okay. Four volumes. Even more additional detailed proof that, you know, the people behind the slave trade were not white, it's just who owned the slaves who were white, you know, maybe a few rich doctors or Freemasons or something. Other than that, I don't think that there were any of them actually... The white population. It was only like a fraction of a couple of percentages. Yeah, they couldn't
2: afford them. There was a, a black uh, slave owner that was breeding, breeding them for strength and everything, and that's really when when they started to go <laughs> go against slavery, because uh, that was really getting the upper hand, you know? Breeding some well, uh, mighty creatures there.
1: Mer, you are mentioning none other than William Ellison, who was one of the richest men in the state of south carolina in 1860 he was in the top three of the most wealthy he was black and he owned 69 slaves yep. and he and he actually contributed to the confederacy uh, but of course we can't talk about that you know but uh loki uh, have you uh, ever heard why that uh the time that uh, Abraham Lincoln almost fired Ulysses S. Grant, have you ever heard why?
0: Um, no, I'm not familiar with that. I know just that he was a Jew named Abraham Springsteen and that he was uh, affiliated with uh, a gay lover who was a Rothschild agent named John Wilkes Booth, I think. But I'm not too, not too familiar with uh, all the backstories there.
1: Well, uh, the good old Ulysses S. Grant issued special order number 10. Which kicked all of the Jews out of the Union Army under his command, and Abraham Lincoln went nuts. Folks, look it up. Special Order Number Ten. Grant darn near lost his command over that. And then, when uh, Ulyss uh, when uh, William Tecumseh Sherman started his uh, battle through Georgia after he left Chattanooga, he. Uh, kicked all of the media out of his command. And a lot of them were Jewish. And so they had a big problem with this. Of course, we know that the Marxists owned the majority of the newspapers in the North anyway, so uh, and many of them were Jewish. And so William Tecumseh Sherman kicks him out of his army, and uh, Lincoln sends him a telegram and says... Why did you do this? And he said, <laughs> it, it was funny. He said, well, he said, the one thing we know for sure, if these journalists were within our army and one of them got killed, there'd be news from hell before breakfast. So uh, there are a lot of intricacies here that people are just totally unaware of, and the thing I have found in my lifetime is most of them don't care that they don't know they are really, really, you know, they're so proud of their ignorance. It's, it's incredible, incredible in this country. And Steven, uh, wake up there. It's your turn this time. See if you can find that mute button. There you go. (laughs) It worked. that (laughs)
3: That's yeah. I, I don't know. I'm proud to be from the South, but the things that have happened, over time, I don't know what's I do not see any fix in this. I, I, I talk to people every day I get a chance. I, I hate to go sideways again, but I've had several conversations with people today. I wanted to ask them what's it going to take? I would say I, I didn't come right out and say it, but as we talked, I said, what's it going to take for you to have enough? You know when they come when they do this, When will you stand? When will you finally stand up? And and for me and a lot of other people as well uh, as some other people I talked to earlier today, when it's they come for their family, when they come for their wife, when they come for everything they've got and they come for their family, finally then they decide they will stand up. But if we don't do it before then, honestly, sir, I believe it's going to be too late. And I think the time we are going to have to decide that we're going to do it is now. If we don't decide to do it now, then just talking about it now is not going to do any good in the near future because I do believe some big changes are coming between now and the next two months and perhaps especially in the 11 days between the 11th and the 22nd of March.
1: Okay. Well, uh, Loki, I see your hand. I'll get to it one second. I got one thing I want to run by you guys, and we'll go to Loki first since he's got his hand up, and then we'll go to the beautiful myrrh. And so here we go. Here's what I have for you. If the Constitution could not stop the wanton slaughter of Southern civilians, both black and white, what good is it today, and how can we look at it as any kind of deterrent? And then the second part of my question, neither the Constitution nor the law— has been able to stop the invasion of this country by millions of illegal aliens who neither know about the history of our country, nor do they give a damn. And then number three, do you really believe this Constitution will stop the storm that is coming? Are you truly that
0: indoctrinated?
1: Loki, go ahead.
0: Well, just to finish off the last point, with regards to potential... uh I guess what they would call a revolution. Uh, the problem with that is they probably are deliberately creating all this chaos so that they can incite the population to revolution against the scapegoats that they put into power, you know, like all these front men and so forth, Biden or whatever. Uh, and then they can just use all the right wing uh, Republican types to basically go around and kill off all the people who are not them and try to, you know, s- stigmatize or demonize them as if they're some sort of devil because they don't sit in their 501c3 uh joel joel Austin or you know jerry falwell church so that that would be my personal fear about these people uh just living where i am now it's very much like the states Uh, i'm in canada but where I am now, it's very much like the States and the people here, they're pretty much trapped within the sort of left wing versus right wing box, either your left wing or your right wing. So to me, there's, there's just more dialectics, you know, create the chaos. And so they'll lead the, they'll lead the opposition against the population itself. That's pretty much what they want is to instigate revolution. Uh, because i I've actually been in conversation with the, uh, when I'm riding in cabs or whatever the case with a couple of Jews and they were, they were trying to say the same thing. They were just like, yeah, we've only got revolution. Now we, you know, trying to imply that there's like, they're the right wing versus the evil left wing type thing. So it's just a boogeyman. You know, they put a boogeyman in office and they make it look like this is uh, what they really want. But what they really want is something like Israel. That's basically what they're really looking to have is this, Orthodox uh, You know Judaic uh, theocracy Which would be absolutely horrible Worse than any uh, transvestites Or whatever silly nonsense That most people don't even care about Anyway really
1: Yeah you're right Uh, Myrrh your thoughts please
2: Um, Could you just ask me The three questions again?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay I'll be happy to Young lady be happy to do that If the Constitution could not stop the wanton slaughter of Southern civilians, both black and white, what good good is it today? And neither the Constitution nor the alleged law has been able to stop the invasion of this country by millions of illegal aliens who neither know about the history of this country, nor do they give a damn about what's important in this country. And the final question, do you really believe this Constitution will stop the storm that is coming?
2: okay well this constitution quote unquote is designed to do exactly what it's doing and they have amen to, whether you like god or the bible or not people will worship something and they're worshiping the state by design and the constitution is their bible even though they probably haven't read any of it or understood any of it but they think that that's their protector and people will say my constitutional rights well, no, actually, they were supposed to be constitutionally protected, God-given rights from the beginning, like it or not. That's how it is. And so, of course, they haven't helped and they won't help, <laughs> you know, and um, like whichever Catholic it was. And I'm not Catholic or anything, but he, he said uh, in Germany, um, he said it's not it's not a sin to uh, steal food. If you're starving, you know, to all the German people, go get it, you know. And so that's how it's going to be. We won't have anything holding us back except our innate, uh, innate laws that are written on our heart. Okay. So get ready. Yeah.
1: Okay. Stephen, hit that button. Let's hear from you again.
3: Yes, sir. I already see the change is taking place around me more rapidly than it ever has before one that would go to Atlanta or Charlotte I would see that the rule of law had been at least disregarded if not disrespected Uh, people would be uh, processed and let go violent crimes while uh, they were emptying the prisons out don't forget people they were emptying the prisons out to put people in who wouldn't wear a mask that was their um, declared objective. What kind of what kind of society is that? Is that a free society? Or is it a terror, a medical tyranny, authoritarian nightmare, a prison we live in? How much longer before we're tagged, bagged, and, and commodities to be sold uh, to the highest bidder for our, for our uh, organs, for our organs, for our Blood for whatever. I mean, that's where we are now, and we pretend, I think, with enormous bias that we're headed in that direction, but the truth be known, we're living in that digital podopticon prison right now as we speak. That's that's just the way it seems to me, y'all. I, I don't know. Somebody please, please prove me wrong. <laughs>
1: Okay, I've got one more I'm going to throw at you And then we'll get uh, answers from everybody Starting with Loki Uh, And I want to read this to you And I want your thoughts At the core of every government Known to man Is mandatory compliance And corruption When you vote You vote for more of both More mandatory compliance And more corruption When you vote in an election, you are declaring by your actions support for the process of people being ruled, of some people ruling the others by coercive means. Is there a case to be made for voting? Indeed, there is. If one believes that social order is a quality that can be instilled by violence and other coercive means, by Only political authorities. Loki, your thoughts, please.
0: Well, I personally never looked upon democracy as legitimate. I remember when I was a a teenager watching uh, satire shows in Canada. Uh, One of them was called This Hour Has 22 Minutes, which is basically just lampooning and mocking all the political uh, whatever chicanery. So to me, that that basically is politics right there. All it is is just a satire, a joke, a tongue-in-cheek joke on the population to divide and conquer, just like it says in their Bible, in their Torah, divide and conquer the nations. That is basically their strategy, and they're going to use the Constitution itself and all this, this rhetoric about God-given rights to justify uh, orchestrating revolution and controlling the opposition and more or less mass-murdering people like they did in ancient Rome when they used Christianity to basically mass-murder all the patricians and the philosophers of ancient Rome and burn the Library of Alexandria down on two occasions, basically creating the Dark Age. That's what they want. They want to reset so that they can uh, rewrite history and then blame everything on white people and claim that... The evil white people are satanic devils, and uh, you know we, the good Christians, uh, whatever race they may be—Mestizos, uh, Blacks—we'll all just be wonderful Christians so long as you sit in the church and do what you're told. Then, you know, you're you're having your God-given rights, but that's exactly what they want because the flip side of rights are duties, which means forced, coerced obligations—obligations obligations to sit in a church obligations to think what they want you to think. You can't think your own thoughts. Otherwise, you know, like it says in the Bible itself, it says, you know, every head shall bow, every whatever, uh, every knee shall bend, and if you don't, then they'll just kill you. So that, that to me, is a very serious problem, and I think that the Constitution in its origin was more or less formulated as a deist uh Masonic constitution it wasn't really Christian, it just was nominally that
1: well, I think uh my studies have uh proved that exactly correct uh as far as uh the only you know the uh, you know Benjamin Franklin said it himself in his biography when he proposed daily prayers at the constitutional convention he said himself out of 55 people only two or three people thought prayers were ever necessary i don't know what other people need to need to see other than that statement that simple statement that three out of 55 might have been christians and the person that the founders themselves said was the most devout Christian among them, refused to attend the Constitutional Convention because he said he smelled a rat leaning toward a monarchy in Philadelphia, and he was spot on. Burr, please.
2: Yep, that was Patrick Henry for you. Mm -hmm. And he was the only one that, when you start studying, it seems like uh, was really devout and following the word to the letter. And uh, that's another thing. It's uh, sitting in churches. What is that? That's churchianity. Okay, there's a relationship with Jesus Christ, but it's personal and intimate, and that's how it has to be. There is no religion. Religion is man-made for control, and you can see how they use it. and And Marx or Moses, Mordecai Levy said it was the uh, opiate of the masses, right?
1: And And the first step, and he also said democracy was the first step to communism. Did he not?
2: Yep, yep. And it's it's, so told that, uh, and apparently true that his mother was Christian and raised him Christian. Well, by your fruits, you will know them. So I don't think whatever that kind of Christianity is, it's not true fruit. Okay, yeah,
1: yeah, big time. Uh, Stephen, your thoughts, buddy?
3: Well, even uh, Southern Baptist Convention School Furman University had cultural Marxism in it by that time. It oh yes, has permeated. Western civilization, as far as I can see, uh, I I don't. We're going to have to create a new way to live. We're going to have to create a new society. And there were a lot of people I met right before. I guess it was um, early 2022. We were working toward that. Right when that special military operation started, and you know, all of a sudden the shift was off COVID. You know, the next PSYOP was on, but they always recycle trash.
1: Oh, big time. And, uh, guys, I'm just going to throw some, uh, yeah, we've got a little time here. Uh, I'm going to throw a little Talmud at you for your comments. Loki, we'll start with you. Okay, Uh, here's one. It says, the decisions of the Talmud are words of the living God. Jehovah himself asked the opinions of earthly rabbis. When there are difficult affairs in heaven. Now that came from Rabbi Menachem of the comments for the fifth book. Your thoughts, Loki?
0: Well, in Judaism, so far as I've researched, they look upon themselves as uh, Jehovah Malkuth, which is the tenth sephiroth of their Kabbalistic tree, meaning that they're like the material manifestation of the consciousness of Jehovah, which is their God uh which which I would look upon with Miguel Serrano as a demiurge as an inferior deity, but that's that's the way they look upon themselves as literally the children of uh the absolute supreme being as they envision it
1: okay all right uh Mur, your thoughts please lady
2: oh yeah, they have, and recently this one um I guess he was a rabbi being interviewed, and um he said uh uh, you know, Jesus was a Jew and of course he was a Nazarene, but in any case he was fully man and fully God. But he said, Yeah, you should worship all the Jews, not just him. Yeah, they think of themselves as gods. And they say so. They say that we are animals, when in fact they act worse than animals themselves. So Well And of course here- we know what's what's in the Talmud there, right? About what they say about Jesus Christ, right? That he's boiling an X rent
1: forever yeah and I, I you know i look at this frequently and i you know i, I think you have to uh, at least my former employment taught me you better understand and study your enemy if you're going to make anything work and that's why someone might ask me well why do you read the talmud that is why and i was just interested in this verse it says a heathen who studies the torah deserves death For it is written, Moses commanded us a law for an inheritance. It is our inheritance, not theirs. Then why is this not included in the Neoachian laws? On the reading, Marasha, an inheritance, he steals it. On the reading, me, the betrothed, he is guilty as one who violates a betrothed maiden who is stoned. An objection is raised. They used to say, Whence do we know that even a heathen who studies the Torah is as a high priest? From the verse, Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if man do, he shall live in them. Priests, Levites, and Israelites are not mentioned, but men. Hence thou mayest learn that even a heathen who studies the Torah is as a high priest. That refers to their own Seven laws. That comes from the Sanhedrin 59D. Amur, I'm going to let you lead off this time. What are your thoughts?
2: Well, you know, um, <laughs> they say anything they want. But they also said uh, that anyone that studies a Talmud that's not a Jew uh, must be killed. And um, you can find pictures of Antonin Scalia front and center in their Talmud uh, Institute pictures.
1: Uh, oh yes, very much so. And uh, you know, he was the uh, conservatives' go-to guy, wasn't he?
2: hmm Interesting life. You know, he. Oh. Uh, I just want to say about him. He, um, um, you know, was trained by Jesuits uh, when he was twelve, and he was the only child of a, uh, of um, uh, what's the island below Italy? Sicilian, yeah, Sicilian parents. Sicilian child. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm sorry, I quit. Oh, no, you're you're fine. You're fine, girl. Uh, Stephen, your thoughts?
3: Well, I'm reminded of that quote where Nietzsche says, "If you gaze too long into the abyss, then that abyss will gaze back into you." Uh, that that's one part of it. But then also, I'm reminded of how Plato talks about we're in this cave and all we can see are the shadows that they cast and there a small group yep. of outliers of us like you and I and a few others who are in here, in this cave, and we're sneaking feeling our way around these stalagmites and a couple of us maybe have got a spark to where we've got a little torch here and they were trying to find our way out of this cave. But it seems to me like there's so many detractors who keep yanking on us and say, Hey, wait a minute. You didn't look over there behind that stalactite. There might be something important over there. Well, we know that the truth and the light is right out
1: this cave. Well, um, Exactly, Stephen, and very well said. I'm going to read two things now, because I think they're related, and then I want to get our thoughts, and we'll start with the Loki. All right, the first one is from the Libre David 37, and I quote, "...to communicate anything to a Goy about our religious relations would be equal to the killing of all Jews, for if the Goyim knew what we teach about them, they would kill us openly." Okay, the second one comes from Zalath Utsabat, the book of J-O-R-E-D-I-A 17. And here's what it says, and I quote, A Jew should and must make a false oath when the Goyim ask if our books contain anything against them. Unquote. Loki?
0: Well, I'm sure we all know that mendacity is their major modus operandi, that's their default setting, they're always lying and covering up lies with more lies, with their pill-pull gimmickry that's just their natural inclination Uh, with respect to Catholicism and that Anthony Scalia guy uh, Sicilians predominantly are Jewish just like the Mafia which was allegedly Italian or Sicilian but in fact was actually Jewish, the Mishpoca Kosher Nostra. Yeah. And, you know, it, they, they, they call it the Mafia, which means our own thing. And that's exactly what Judaism is, is basically their own thing. They are a Mafia, and they're still a Mafia to this day. And my personal experiences with that have been copious throughout the whole of my existence. And, you know, they if you ever know about them and communicate, as it even says there in the Talmud, about, you know, that they, they will... You're, you're considered a din Ro death, I guess, if you're a Jew who, who speaks about uh, themselves. But if you're a, a, one of the Gentiles who speaks about them, then again, they, they have an obligation to kill you because they believe in their mind that if anybody knows about what they're doing, then that would lead to their being killed apparently, <laughs> which is just an an admission that they're obviously transgressing uh, basic fundamental morality and, uh, other people's uh, autonomy
1: oh very well said and uh, Murr your thoughts there lady
2: yeah I'd have to agree with that Yeah.
1: well I'm going to read another one now and then we'll get Stephen to lead off with us here and this one it says the feast of tabernacles is the period when Israel triumphs over the other people of the world that is why during this feast we seize the Lulab and carry it as a trophy to show that we have conquered all of the other people known as a populace, unquote. Stephen?
3: Does that relate to the red heifer and the building of the third temple, or is that just an every-year thing?
0: I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, not
3: exactly with sure. With
1: that one, yeah. That, That's not that, exactly. That, that is. is that every year, Merck?
2: Yeah, Feast of Tabernacles,
1: yeah. Okay.
3: Wow. Yeah. Man. Well no uh, wonder. <laughs> that's all I got to say. Jeez, no wonder they think they can get away with this.
1: Yes, exactly, because it's their religion, and I don't think people understand that the Jewish religion is the destruction of everybody else on the planet, especially the white race. They'll use the other races to destroy us, but that's their goal. Uh, your thoughts, uh, Mur? Yeah, and let's you and him fight, right? Yeah. <laughs> echo, <laughs> yeah. echo, echo, echo. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, uh Yeah. So it's supposed to, you know, celebrate the Israelites wandering in the desert and all that. But all of these things, like you're saying, are celebrating the destruction of everyone else. They don't get that idea. And um, supposedly they'll have 2,800... Uh, for slaves, each
1: of them. So. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Murray, You're stealing my next verse. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just, kidding. Just kidding. Just <laughs> kidding. No, but that's true. Well, my next verse was uh, I'm not sure how we, we pronounce these, but it's from Simeon Patterson 56D, and it says, and there it is when the Messiah comes, every Jew will have 2,800 slaves. Well, Unquote.
2: "I've been doing that a lot lately. I don't know what's going on with that the kind of synchronicity things, but I think it's a good thing.
1: <laughs> well, I you know, you got to know your enemy. Yeah. Better you better know your enemy because if you don't know who your enemy is, you're in big trouble. Uh, your comments Loki.
0: Yes, basically that's the most essential thing. You could know all the minutiae of what they're doing, you know, like Alex Jones. Oh, they're, they're flying drones over blah, blah, blah. But if you don't know who's doing it to you, then you're just going to wind up in, in the midst of their orchestrated revolution, the right wing versus the left wing revolution where you're either one or you're the other, right? You can't just be a normal person. You have to be a category that they can play against each other. That's their practical, uh, practical idealist, uh, dialectic. You know, they create fake images of people, and they they lead the opposition. They say, "This is who you are. You're, you're one of us. Uh, you know, it's either that or you're us or them. Right? You, you can never be anything different."
1: Okay. Well, that leads right into my next verse, and we're running uh, low on time here. So uh, I want to get this one out, and then we will comment on this one, and I think it'll probably take us through our time tonight and folks i just want to thank you so much for listening in and supporting rbn it it's, means a lot and uh, but here comes my next quote and listen carefully from the talmud and i can't even begin to pronounce this so i'll spell you where, spell it out where it came from come from s c h u l c h a n a r u c h c h o s z e n H-A-M-I-S-Z-P-A-T-156. All right? Uh, I didn't butcher that. I just spelled it. So uh, listen to this quote. This is critical for where we are today. When a Jew has a Gentile in his clutches, another Jew may go to the same Gentile, lend him money, and in turn deceive him so that the Gentile himself will be ruined. For The property of a gentile according To our law belongs to No one and the first Jew that possess that passes Has full right to seize It unquote
2: Yeah it's like the opposite Of the good Samaritan isn't it Uh, Yeah take everything Instead of you know Give everything Yeah that's kind of how they operate You know uh it's, it's pretty pathetic because a lot of them are raised so horrendously, you know, un, inhumanely, you know, in, in a family way. Uh, a lot of them are just very cruelly treated as they're growing up. But yet at the same time, they're being told that they're the, better than everyone else, you know. So it's, I guess, no wonder that they're all crazy.
1: Oh, big time. Uh, Stephen, your thoughts on that last quote? There
3: he is. It seems like they have set the whole country up to be harvested, too. I have heard that quote from Netanyahu back, I think it was the late 80s or the early 90s, at the latest, how America was their golden calf, and they were going to bleed us all dry. And once it was done, they were going to cut us up, carve us up, discard us, and set us against each other, just the same way they're doing it just, it, it's too uncanny that the things are going just as that Johnny Cash said, that Johnny Cash song said, going by the book. They're going by Netanyahu's white paper. That's what they're going by. You can't deny it. It's, it's impossible to overlook. Uh, of course, I'm sure it's just a coincidence, you know, and I'm an conspira- evil conspiracy theorist yes, noticing are. the patterns, but there you are.
1: Yes, you are. I'm going to have to be careful with you, I think. You you terrible Southern conspirator, you. (laughs) All right. uh, uh, Murr, your thoughts uh, and uh, tell the folks about your program on RBN, please.
2: Oh, well, you know, I was going to say here, uh, um, well, I'll just tell you about my program. It's yours truly, Murr. It's on Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Central. And today we had Jerry Marzinski. So. I even want to re-listen to that one. <laughs> I think we might have kept him from talking at some points, but he was very helpful in answering questions, too. It was, I think a, I think pretty good. But, um, oh. yeah, these people are just, um, you, you can hardly calm people, but anyway.
1: Okay. Uh, Loki, tell the folks how they can uh, access your stuff. I know you put it up here on the chat, but uh, would you go ahead and tell people how they can access your work, please? Oh, I put that,
2: that, I put that up there. Sorry. Oh, oh,
0: okay. Thanks I was just
2: checking to make sure that's how your name was spelled. Is that correct? Loki? L
0: -L O K I. Yeah. And
2: H H U L G A A R D.
0: That's correct. Yeah. Okay. I'm just, (laughs) I'm not too sure if that would be wise for me to
2: divulge
0: any particular given, given the fact that I don't live in the States, so we don't have any freedom in this country at all. Uh, But in closing, I would just like to say, you know, thanks for having me on to discuss Kaminsky's work and hopefully uh, myself and whomever else can facilitate getting his work out in physical form because, you know, you can't rely on the Internet at all because they can just tear down your website right away. And the website that I had this work on actually has just recently been undergoing cyber attack and all sorts of other stuff, too. So I have to reset it up on a different site and all this with better uh, security and okay. better hosting.
1: Totally, totally understood. Steven, tell him about your program, please. Well, he's there somewhere. I'm not sure where, but anyway, he's, he's, uh, he, I, I, I go am ahead.
3: On, sorry, folks. I am on Saturday morning, 8, 10 central, uh, Republic Broadcasting Network, Thought Crime Live, 8 to 10 Central AM, Saturday mornings. Y'all Call Thought Crime with me. <clears throat> I'm also part of this broadcast every Sunday evening, 9 to 11. And I'm prone to prop up other places too. Please support RPN, y'all. And thanks for having me again, Mike. Y'all be good to each other.
1: Uh, well, here comes the music. Loki, thank you so much. Mer, you are always a treat. And Stephen, Uh, you're my brother buddy and so uh, as we move forward here people support RBN and let's thank the producer for doing a wonderful job tonight thank you buddy